chapter 3, verse number 15. He said, I will give you pastors according to my heart that will feed you with knowledge and understanding. And you know what? I, before we go any further, listen, I, I just want to pray a blessing over our pastor and his family. So if you would, let's just bow our heads and pray. Dear God, our most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you today and we praise you. God, we thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to be able to come into your house, Lord, on this day, Lord, and appreciate the man of God that you've given us. God, for his family, Lord, that sacrificed so many things so we can come in, Lord, and be able to enjoy the presence of God. God, I ask you, Lord, that you would just make this be the best year of their lives, Lord, and God, that you would just pour out your Holy Ghost anointing upon their family, Lord. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would just, every step that they take, Lord, we're declaring it for you. And God, we're not going backwards, but we're going forward, Lord. And God, we thank you right now for the vision that was cast. And God, we're going to follow it, Lord, with all of our hearts. Because God, we know, Lord, that you're leading him somewhere and you're taking us with him. And God, we honor you today, Lord, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. And, uh, as today is Pastor Appreciation Day, and thank you, Nicholas. Uh, you know, I, I come across this, and, and I wanted to read it. It said, a new preacher moves his things into his new office. In his desk, he finds a letter from the former pastor. The letter says that there are three sealed envelopes in the filing cabinet. If you run into any trouble while pastoring this church, open them. Well, of course, the new preacher thinks, you know, I'll never run in never run into any problems. I won't have to use them. But in his youthful, youthful enthusiasm, he tries to change the order of the kids' march in the vacation Bible school. Well, this makes the workers absolutely furious, and there's a lot of ugly talk about the new pastor. So he remembers the envelopes that, and he takes and he opens the first one. It says, you haven't been here long enough, but you decided to make changes in the vacation Bible school, didn't you? Now, everyone is mad at you. Tell everyone that the former preacher told you that this was how you preferred to do it. So the young preacher did, and it worked out well. He had been there about a year and a half, and he tried to change things with the deacon positions from being a, a lifelong job position to one to be rotated annually. Well, this made the deacons really mad, and the thing about it is they were the one who recommended his salary. So he went back to the drawer and he got the second envelope and, and it said something like this. He said, you went and you made the deacons mad, didn't you? He said, tell them that it's the official denominational policy and that if they want to comply, they can, but if they don't, that's fine. We'll just keep it the way it is. He tried this and again, it worked great. Then after about three years, he told the women's organization that they were going to have to open up the kitchen so it could be used without a representation of, of somebody from the women's group. Uh, so he went on, the women's organization, they went into a revolt. So he come back and he got the third and final envelope and he said, you've been here about three years and he said, you finally got the women's organization mad, didn't you? He said, my suggestion for you is to prepare three envelopes for your replacement. But you know, uh, so many times uh, uh, that could be true, amen? You mess up somebody's little uh, apple cart and whoo, watch out. Uh, 
But you know, uh, that's just being light in some of this. And, and, and the one thing that I know is we have an awesome pastor. And uh, there's one thing about our pastor is, you know what, he, he wants to see the uh, will of God take place, not only in this place, but he wants to see it taking place in your life. And, you know, whenever I started thinking about this, and, and listen, I toss and turn because, you know what, my weekend did not go anything planned the way that it was supposed to go. Uh, I got up Thursday, and I was getting ready to get my stuff ready to go watch the cats in Nashville. And guess what? Canceled. And I thought, well, maybe they'll reschedule that now. It's gone. But, uh, and, and so I thought, oh, my goodness. Then we get a phone call that the guest speaker cannot come. And instantly, if you know me, I, it just threw me into a panic. I was like, oh, gosh, what are we going to do? Oh. And, I mean, I'm sweating. I'm doing dishes at this time whenever. Uh, can I get an amen, Dar? <laughs> Sister, you better be amen to me on them dishes. But I, I, was, I was literally doing dishes. And we got the phone call, and, and instantly sweat started hitting me. I thought, oh, gosh, what are we going to do? You know, what, what's going to happen? Who are we going to get? What, what, you know, this, oh, I don't know. And, and so that night I slept, and I didn't sleep a wink. I just tossed and turned. And I sat there, and I said, God, I said, if you'll speak to me, I said, I would be more than honored to be able to get up and share something. And the Lord spoke to me, and, and you know, and just a few things. And, and first, I want to speak to our pastoral family. And let me tell you a few things that that has a pastor's heart. You know, and here's a few things that, that will break a pastor's heart. And, and uh, we're going to get them out of the way fast because, you know, we, we, wanna, we don't want to stay too long on these. Because this isn't this church. This is, this is some other church that's probably doing all this stuff. But one of the things that will break a pastor's heart is a bunch of murmuring. You know, uh, then a bunch of discord, division, gossiping people. Hey, man, I'm telling you, I've met more people in the in the Pentecostal church, in church that could sit right here in London or Corbin, Kentucky, and lick the streets of Miami. Their tongues so long. You know, man, you know what I'm talking about. Hey, man, they they can talk, and uh, but you know, there's a lot of people that that's that's that breaks a pastor's heart by people that's lying a lot. Uh, you know, one of the things that that, that gets a, a pastor sometimes is whenever we start having people that's backslidden a lot, it will change somebody's heart. A lukewarm person, unfaithful people, rolling eyes. And I'm going to tell you something. When you're up here and you see somebody, you can tell when you roll your eyes. So you know what? Just kind of fake it. Maybe put your hands down and roll your eyes next time. Amen, pastor? Uh, hurtful words will break a pastor's heart. But here's a few things that, that will bless a pastor. And these are some things that, you know, I'm speaking to them, but I'm, I'm also speaking to you all because we need to probably practice them just a little bit more. Loving words will bless a pastor's heart. Sometimes whenever you get up and you pour out your heart behind this, this sacred desk and he's standing back there behind the door, you know what, there's just somebody, you know, he's just waiting for that one person to come back and say, hey, great message, pastor. Great job. Just... There's nothing like a little bit of affirmation about it. He don't have to have it, but I promise you, it makes him feel better. Because any time that you get up and you do something, you want somebody to give you a little bit of attaboys. Amen? And, uh, but sometimes just a great message. I love you. I really appreciate you. I appreciate everything that you do. Sometimes kind thank yous really go a long way. Amen? I mean, he pours out. He does a lot of things. Sometimes just simply by stopping and saying, 
Thank you, Pastor, for being you. Thank you, Angie, for being you. And, uh, you know, maybe uh, somebody every now and then think ahead and you could send a card for no reason. And here's my favorite. And, and you know, I'm going to throw me in there too. You can invite me and the pastor and his family over for dinner. Hey, we love to eat. We're Pentecostal, chicken, it don't matter. I mean, we'll eat. We'll throw down and eat. So sometimes uh, just a little dinner without any kind of underlying motives would be great. Now, if you've got something you want to discuss with the pastor, just don't even invite me because I'm not interested. <laughs> but sometimes a well-placed amen during a message, that'll go a long ways with a pastor. Amen. Thank you. Because I'm going to tell you, we like our amens. But one of the things that, that really struck me is, is that to bless a pastor's heart is what we've seen just a couple Sundays ago is during uh, Serve Sunday, whenever we had over 100 people in this church that signed up to serve at some kind of place in this church. And you know what? I, on, on Listen, last Tuesday during our staff meeting, our pastor could not just, he couldn't stop talking about it because he just absolutely, and I believe that that symbolizes a successful church is whenever people are willing to serve. When you're willing to take time out of your schedule and you're willing to serve other people, you're willing to come at 845 and serve or serve, you know, sit during the 845 and serve during the 11 o'clock. We say thank you for that. Thank you for taking out your time. And the last thing that I wrote down right here that blesses a pastor's heart is faithfulness not only on Sundays but on Wednesdays as well will bless a pastor's heart. Now here's some, here's some qualities that I, I see in our pastor. And, and you know, Angie only gave me $3, so this is all I come up with. So she said, you know, I couldn't make change for the 5 so that's, or the 10. But one of the things that, that are about our pastor is he's patient with people. And I believe that that's one, that's one awesome quality about our pastor is he's patient with people. It doesn't matter. There'll be times where, and, and I'm going to tell you something. If you've never been a pastor, I know that we've done this. I wouldn't put up with that. Listen, I, I'd kick them out of the curb. Yeah, I'd kick them to the curb. Just forget it. But I'm going to tell you something. There's one thing about our pastor is he's patient with people. He's very methodical in everything that he does. And everything that he does, listen, before he'll address any kind of issue, there's one thing that I know that he'll do. He'll pray about it. And for that, I say, thank you, Pastor. He's kind and gentle with people. There's nobody that I know, and, and listen, there's one thing about somebody that's OCD and that's just, uh, everything's got to be a certain way with him. The steps look good, Pastor. And if you know, if I'm not mistaken, he said, it's the last time I'm going to color him in. But uh, listen, but it's okay because he's gentle with people. Like I said, he's very methodical. He loves people. He's a man who is humble. He's unselfish and he's Christ-centered. And I believe that that's very important because there's nothing that we do here that we first don't pray about. There's nothing that we do here that's just by the seat of our pants or just by the flight of the night. Listen, we pray about everything that we do because, listen, that starts at the head and it falls through our pastor and, listen, it falls to the rest of the congregation. You see, he's a man who loves praising and worshiping God. If you don't know anything about our pastor, he loves praising and worshiping God. And I'm going to tell you something. If you really want to get him going, listen, get behind him and praise and worship with him. And I tell you what, he'll lose his mind up in this altar right here. 
You know what I'm saying? Listen, he'll take a Pentecostal fit right here. If you guys would ever, listen, when we get behind him, he just goes crazy. And I, and I love that. But you know what? He understands that to be great, that he must be willing to first serve. And if there's one thing that I know and that you know about our pastors, he's willing to first put on that apron and serve others before he's willing to be served. And I say, he's, he's a man who not only just will, is willing to, to pastor and, and preach to the younger, to the youth of this congregation, but he's also, he has a heart for the older ones in this generation. You see, not only that, but he's a man that's willing to preach the truth, the uncompromising word of the God. He, he doesn't care to preach out against sin. He, don't care, he doesn't care how much money you put in the offering plate, but he cares about your heart more than he cares about your money. You see, he's a man who believes in doing right, not sometimes, but all of the time. And he has a heart after God. And then I started thinking about Abby and Shelby. And we find themselves, they find themselves in a unique situation this morning because the our pastor that we're talking about this morning is their dad. He's always been their father. He's been the pastor in a sense. He's, he's always been the priest of their home. He's always loved them more than he could ever imagine. They could ever imagine, and nobody else could ever love them as much as Pastor Sean and Sister Angie do. You see, even though that they have to, sometimes they may have something planned, but something may come up that that we need their attention. So they come to us, and their kids have to sacrifice. You see, there's no days off for uh, Abby and Shelby whenever it comes to church. You see, they may not feel good, but you you see. They don't get a day off. They're here every service. Because they're tired, it doesn't matter. They come to the house of God. You see, there, there's things that they have to sacrifice. And you know what? The reason why they have to sacrifice so much is because they have a mother and a father that love people more than anything. And I believe that that's one of the biggest qualities about a pastor and, and, and his wife is you have to have a heart for people. There's another thing that, that I need to mention this morning is you know what, I understand that today is about Pastor and, and, and his day, but I believe it's also about Sister Angie. I believe that, that he holds the office of Pastor, but I believe they share the call together. I believe that there's many times that whenever they go home and there's something going on, we don't see the tears that are, are coming off of their face whenever they're down by the side of their bed and they're praying for our families. We don't see the, the times whenever they go out and they take money out of their, their, their wallet and they bless somebody by giving them something. We don't see the things that they do whenever they're sacrificing, not only whenever they have to leave work early because they got to come somewhere, but they're willing to do that because they love each and every one of us. And for that I say, thank you. And what an honor that is because I'm going to tell you, I believe that that's truly what a pastor's heart is. I believe a pastor is willing to sacrifice whatever they have to for their sheep. And you know what? I believe that if you know our pastor, I believe that you'll know that he smells like sheep. And not, not literally because, you know. But, and, and that's what I, I but, but seriously, that is what I, I love about him is he's not, he's willing to get right down amongst us and say, you know what? I'm willing to go all the way right with you. And, and I believe that sheep smell like sheep, and that's what we are. It's what the Bible refers us to. Pastor, I don't mean you smell like a sheep. I may smell like a sheep. But in, uh, in, and, and I want to just go over just one little thing, and then we're gonna, we'll dismiss and we'll go eat. In uh, Exodus chapter 17, 
verse number 8, it says, Now Amalekai came to fight with Israel and Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and go fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said unto him, and they fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and heard went up to the top of the hill. And so it was, when Moses held his hands up, the Israelites prevailed. And whenever he let his hands down, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands become heavy. So they took the stone and they put underneath him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and the people with the edge of the sword. And you know, one of the things is, is we see in this, this scripture is we see that Israel was, was in a battle. And they were, they were fighting with Amalek. And the Bible said that, that uh, Moses had told Joshua, he said, I want you to go and I want you to choose out some men. And the very thing about it is, is sometimes we get so caught up in the church today because we've not been chosen to go out and fight. But God's got a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us. Maybe right now it's not our call to go out and get in the trenches and to fight a little bit. Maybe sometimes it's, it's your call to be on the back lines, to, to be about the Father's business just a little bit. And you know, they, they were out and they were standing on, and Moses was on the hill and he had the staff, he had the rod of God in his hands. And as long as his hands were raised, the Bible said that they were winning the battle, that Israel was winning. But whenever they would begin to become heavy, and I'm going to tell you something, we live in a day and a time where we take our pastor, I think, sometimes for granted. We feel like that every time that he comes into the house of God, that he's bouncing off the walls, that he's just so energetic, that he's just been in the presence of God the whole week. But I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes the pastor's hands get just a little bit heavy. You may think that you come in here and that you're broke, busted, and disgusted, but I'm going to tell you something. Our pastor, sometimes he feels the weight of a whole church on his back. And you see, sometimes our pastor, he's, he's holding it up and, and we're winning the battle, but there's sometimes that he becomes weak and he becomes weary. His muscles starts to break down. And I don't know about you, but I, I've literally before just taken a little bit of a weight and I'll hold it up just a little bit to kind of loosen up. And I'm beginning to learn that quick that maybe uh, I need to work on my cardio, and I know that's not funny. But I know that there's sometimes whenever the more I do stuff, Jordo, that I start to find myself kind of gasping for air just a little bit more. And, uh, and, I, and I know that, and I believe that that's what Moses was doing. I believe when he started out, listen, I believe that he had the sword. I believe he had the, the, the staff in his hand, and I believe that he was raising it, and I believe that they were prevailing. But it didn't take long for his staff to start to lower just a little bit. And I believe that he switched hands because he didn't say he had his hands raised. He said he had his hand raised. And they would prevail. And I believe that, that he started to just drop the sword just a little bit. And I, I believe that we, we see that going on so much in, in our churches today. Because you will never see our pastor bring any kind of issue that he's facing on the outside behind this pulpit. I know that there's been times that he's got behind this platform and that he's preached. And he's preached an anointing word and he's been broken on the inside. I know that there's been many times that he's got up behind this desk and as he's preached and he's poured his heart out and yet somebody has absolutely just absolutely just killed him on the inside. But yet he's never showed it to any one of us because he's got a word that he's got to deliver. And I say thank you for that, Pastor. Hey man, there's been many times because I'm going to tell you, just because he gets up here and, he, and he's just absolutely on fire for God, I'm going to tell you something, the man don't preach a bad message. 
Amen. He's absolutely phenomenal, and I'm partial because he's my pastor. But you know what? I, I believe that whenever his hands, he started becoming fatigued. And I believe that Moses, as long as he had them up, I believe that the Israelites, listen, they weren't looking at Moses to see if his hands were raised, but I believe that they got the strength from God. I believe more now than ever, listen, when our pastor, there's been many times that he's prayed for you. There's been many times when he looks out over this congregation and we'll meet and he'll say, you know what, so-and-so wasn't there. He knows whenever you're not here. He knows whenever you're not here. So I'm going to tell you something. Get into his presence. Let God just, listen, I'm going to tell you, we got a pastor that has a heart for you. And you see, Moses, he's literally stood between the Israelites and the Amalekites in the spiritual realm. And our pastor does the same thing for each and every one of us. He, spends, he stands in between the gap between each and every one of us. We may be in the trenches. We may be going through a battle. We may be going through some hard times in our lives. We don't, I don't know. Maybe your marriage is busted. Maybe your heart's broken. Maybe there's sin in your life. But I'm going to tell you something. You may be going through a battle this morning, but I promise you, you've got a pastor that's praying for you. Hey, man, he's got a heart for you because you know what? There's life and death whenever we battle in the Spirit. It may be between your victory and your defeat. It's through our pastor's prayer. You know what? Sometimes it may become heavy. Sometimes the rod may just start to fall just a little bit. And God's looking for somebody to say, you know what? I'm willing to stand behind you, pastor. I'm willing to push up the stone behind you, pastor. I'm willing to get up on one side of you, and I'm willing to hold you up because I know that somebody's victory determines whether you pray or not. Hey man, I believe that. I believe that God's looking for some people. And you know what? He's not looking for staff members. He's not looking for people like me to stand up and say, you know what? Because you get a little bit of money that, that you're going to stand behind. But God's looking for a congregation that says, you know what? I'm going to back our pastor. You see, I, I believe that, that that's what he's doing. He said, you know what? I, I see his arms getting tired. And so many times God's saying, you know what? I've called you. Don't wait on somebody else. Support our pastor. Get on each side of him. And gird him up just a little bit because, listen, he may be dropping the standard just a little bit. But, listen, it's not because he wants to. It's because the staff's getting heavy. It's because you're, the burdens are getting heavy. And all he needs is somebody just to hold his hands up just a little bit. And you watch what God's going to do. Amen. And I believe that Aaron and heard they seen that. And they said the only way that we, could probably, that we could get the victory that God's called us to have is if we get on each side of him. You see, this family's looking for some people that's willing to get in the trenches with them. They're willing to get in there and they're willing to uphold them. They're willing to pray until they get an answer. You see, they, they, they're not, they didn't tie Moses' hands up, but they got on each side of him and they held his hands up. You see, you may not agree with everything that he says, but I promise you this right now. Listen, it may absolutely determine whether we have victory or defeat in our life. And, and our situation is no different today. The enemy is real. Listen, we're facing a virus right now that, that is trying to put uh, absolutely everything into total chaos. But I'm going to tell you something. We serve an awesome God. We serve a God that says, you know what? I didn't give you the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Listen, God's going to hold us. God's going to do it. But our pastor is going to help pray us through victory. And I think it's so vital that, that whenever we hold our pastor up, I believe that he can hear clearly so he can get a word so he can speak into our lives. I believe that whenever we hold our pastor up, I believe that, listen, that God can channel and move through him and in him so God can do some great things in our church. Who's going to get on each side of this family and who's going to hold their hands up? Who's going to walk side by side with them? Who's going to fight the battle with them? The only way that Freedom Point can be successful 
is if we fight with them. The only way that this church can be what God's called us to be is if we scotch them up on each side and say, you know what, we got you back, Pastor. Because I read across the statistics, and Nicholas, if you guys want to come, you can come on. According to the Pastor Care Network, 80% of pastors believe that ministry has a negative effect on their families. 70% say that they have, lower, have a lower self-image now than when they started. 50% have considered leaving the ministry in the past three months. And 94% of families feel the pressure of ministry. And this is the one that got me the most because I believe that this, I figured it would be higher. That 70% of pastors have no close friends to consider. Sometimes they feel like the Maytag repairman, they feel like the loneliest man in the parking lot. Because whenever they have all the burdens on their shoulders, they don't have sometimes another pastor or somebody to run to to, to tell about. They carry the weight all on their own shoulders. But you know what? I believe that we're a church to say, you know what, pastor? You don't have to carry it with your shoulders. You want to pack the weight on your own. You don't have to carry the load all alone. You don't have to carry the load of this whole congregation. But we want to pack it with you. Because we love you enough to say, you know what? We know that you love us. That's not a question.
they chose to be in the house of God because they knew it's Pastor Appreciation Day. What an honor it is for me to call you pastor. I'm honored. But today, I know that sometimes things get heavy. And I want our council members and I want our staff, I want them to get on each side of you, pastor. And as they pray, I want you guys, I want you to stretch your hand this way, just as you would support them right now. And I want you to cover him in a prayer like you've never covered him before. And not only that, but I want to challenge you, each and every one that's under the sound of my voice and that's watching my live stream, will you pray for your pastor every single day? Will you pray for this family every single day?